Super Talk Mississippi media production. Running a business is tough. If you're struggling with HR benefits and payroll, you're not alone. Many businesses just don't have the resources to keep up. That's where MWG Employer Services comes in. We provide a full range of employer services with everything from payroll to benefits to HR services and compliance and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. We're a Mississippi-based company that can help you focus on what you do best, growing your business. Call MWG Employer Services today at 601-206-7966 or go to MWG Employer Services You're listening to Sports Talk Mississippi On Demand, presented by Pearl River Resort. Escape to Choctaw, Mississippi and enjoy world-class gaming, the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club, and Geyser Falls Water Park. Escape to Pearl River Resort. To the junction, in the grove, and to the top. This, this is Sports Talk Mississippi. On your radio and in the game. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. What's up? Tuesday afternoon, Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV. Thank you for being with us. This is a place where you truly never know what's going to happen over the course of three hours. We have a plan. We always have a plan. Michael Borky makes sure that we never pull out of the figurative driveway without a roadmap of how to get where we're going. But sometimes we take shortcuts. Sometimes we go off the beaten path just a little bit. Those are usually the uh, the most fun trips. Good to be with you. Pearl River Resort Studio. Pearl River Resort is the uh, home of the sports book at the Golden Moon Casino. Visit them online at pearlriverresort.com. Ceasefire text line 601-879-4395. Protect and connect. That's the plan that you want if you're a parent. It gives your kids the device they want and you the tools that you need to make sure that they are safe on their phone and online. Learn more at cspire.com. Alongside Brian Haydad and Michael Borky, I'm Richard Cross. Brian Haydad feeling especially emboldened today and uh, requesting deputization from the Oxford Police Department. I think I think it's I think it's only fair. You know, we have we've done our part for our communities. We, we should be officers. Hey, Dad, Cross, and Borky. I went back and listened to the clip from yesterday that Borky posted on. It's kind of wild. I mean, yeah, he, he certainly pretended to be a, uh, a a sheriff's deputy. I like the way you describe Borky's plan. By the way, it's like he's driving the car, and you and I are in the back seat, going, "Ooh." Ooh, world's ball, biggest ball of twine. Let's go. Let's let's go Turn over there. Over there. Go. Take this exit. Porky, go over Porky there. take this exit. Porky's oh. just like, if I swear to God, I'll turn this car out. Yeah. It's like, yeah. That's exactly right. Um, I have a serious question for you guys. Saints yeah. win last night on Monday Night Football. Is it any fun to watch that? Uh, suffocating defense? Yeah. 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 It's fun to win. I, I you know, understand. I, I spell fun. Thanks. W-I-N. Thanks, Houston. Brother. I, I appreciate that. They, they played two games this year. 
They gave up their they gave up their first touchdown with a minute to go in their second game in prevent. They have given up yes. fewer than twenty one points for ten consecutive games. Mm-hmm. Casual observer probably doesn't appreciate that. Hey, have you ever have you ever seen the commercial for uh, what was it the whatever the Major League Baseball game was on on PlayStation? Chicks dig the long ball, Borky. The show. No, the no show. yeah, MLB the show. That's they do. Chicks dig the long ball. And casual fans love long touchdown passes and whatnot. I get it. But, man, the, Bor- as a fan, it, look. Borky. It, what's up? Borky and I aren't chicks. No. Yeah, no. but you understood the premise of what I was saying. Yeah. Uh, well, that's my point, though, is I'll watch a team grind out a win all day. Better to grind out a win than have a flashy loss. There's no question. The the yes. fourth quarter offense, if that if if they could just do that all game, then it's the best team in the NFL. I don't understand why quarters one through three they are so uncreative and and, and whatever it is, and then when fourth quarter comes, it's like, oh, we have Chris Olave. We have Rashid Shaheed. Two guys that you can't cover because they're so fast. Let's throw it to him. I don't know why it takes the fourth quarter for Pete, Pete Carmichael to figure out that, hey, we got these really fast guys that nobody can cover. Let's just kind of throw it to him and see what happens. All right, but, so, so speaking of driving, speaking of driving, if you are driving along this afternoon on the highways and byways of Mississippi, somewhere between the Gulf Coast and the state line and the Alabama line and the Arkansas or Louisiana line, if you're, you're just out and about. Did, did you notice as you were listening – how quickly the defenses went up. Yeah. Pardon the pun. For Michael Borky and Brian Haydad, in answer to a very, very simple question, I did not take a shot at the Saints. You're trying to Hold up, hold up, hold up. I did not complain about the Saints. I didn't say it's not fun to win. I simply said, is that fun to watch? Yes. Is that not hard to watch? Oh, it's hard to watch. Because I mean, all of the rest of America thinks that that's hard to watch. The, the first three quarters of offense were brutal. I mean, I just, I was not having fun yeah. watching offense. But it is, it's bizarre as a fan to know when we punt it away, that's all right. We're going to get the ball yeah, back fine. in three to six plays anyway. We, we won a Super Bowl with the best offense in the league. Now it's time to win one with the best defense in the league. It really is. It, I mean, you know, and Simple as that. D- Dennis Allen got a lot of crap last year, deservedly so. Game management was horrible. Um, team discipline was bad a-, a year ago. It wasn't great in week one, honestly. You had a fumble on the opening kickoff, bad penalties. Last night they cleaned it up a lot. Um, the-, the one penalty that was thrown on them should not have been one, where it was a, a, whole- a defensive holding call on a strip sack, and the Panthers went down and scored after that, or kicked a field goal anyway. Um, so much more discipline, but he's had great defenses like the whole time and the players are new. It's not like he's had the same personnel. I mean, Demario Davis has been there for a few years. Lattimore's been there a little bit. Cam Jordan's been there forever, but they've turned over guys on that defense. They turned over basically the entire defensive line. You know, they had to let Anzalone go and he's now playing well in Detroit and they bring in Pete Werner, and, and he's doing well. And uh, aside from Marshawn Lattimore, Von Bell intercepted Derek Carr last night. Uh, so he's gone, and, and Trey Hendrickson's gone, and you lose all these guys. And CD Deuce 
Chauncey Gardner-Johnson's gone. And they, they, they turn over all these guys, and yet the defense is still elite. That is a direct credit to Dennis Allen. Uh, for, for all the questions about him being a head coach, his defenses are nasty. Derek Carr averaged 6.3 yards per attempt last night. That's gross. You play quarterback in the NFL, Derek Carr. Act like it. 6.3 yards per attempt? He was bad last night. Oh, but in the post-game interception. Yeah, post-game interception. They're all sweaty-headed. You know, it's really encouraging that we're not playing very well. We're winning right now. And, you know, we're just going to keep plugging on. Shut up. Get better. Is there something wrong with him saying we're not playing well but still winning? What is wrong with that? What do you want him to say? I want him to not stink. He stinks. He's setting you up for massive disappointment because he stinks. Play better. You've got pieces. Play yeah. better. The defense can still win in the NFL. I, I don't think Pete called a particularly good game last night either. Uh, I, man, uh, also you got to remember. I mean, they're, they're down to their. They had one running back last Pete. night. One. Who's Pete? Pete Carmichael, the uh-huh. offensive coordinator. Oh, I forgot you guys were on a first name basis. We My are. bad. Yeah. My bad. Pete. Everybody knows Pete. Uh, PDC. It's so much fun not to be attached P-car? to a team that both of you are like just live and die with every second it, of because it's re- it's, the it's other a side, different you know, perspective on college days. You know we have different with different opinions, but on, on we come together. Yes. You know, here same yeah. same for the pros. I love yeah, this it, text. The Saints have a conference USA schedule in the National Football League. Yeah, get out of here. It's the NFL. What do you want? They didn't. They didn't go picking these teams out. They're like, okay, we're gonna do a three-year deal with the Jets. Yeah. Oh, two home, two home, one away. Yeah, I mean, they were down to their last running back. I mean, if yeah. Tony Jones gets Taysom hurt, Hill got tailback carries, not quarterback carries, tailback carries. And if Tony Jones got hurt, Taysom Hill's lining up next to Carr for the rest of the game. I uh, mean, they aren't far off from having to call Ingram and be like, we need you back for a few games. Seriously. Uh, I mean, I guess Cam Akers is available, but Kamara will be back after next week. But he's really annoying on television, by the way. You don't like him? No. They they need to to do I a little the, coaching. I liked him bowling over that YouTube guy. Well, that was funny. That was funny. That made me laugh. That was a another reminder that if you think if you ever have like a friend that's like, oh, I could run for three yards in the NFL, just find that video. <laughs> it just you could not. No, no, you couldn't. No, uh, I, I'm Chris frustrated with chance, guys. Oh, he's awesome, but but why is that not more of an emphasis? It, two weeks in a row, because your quarterback stinks. But it's not the they didn't oh. they didn't call that. It, same thing last week. I mean, they didn't you, call it because they know your quarterback can't get it to it. But but when they call it, he does. That, that that's what's frustrating is you you have Shahid who was just an absolute burner, and when you gave him the chances last week, sealed a victory. You've got Olave who's an absolute burner and a great route runner. And when you gave him a chance, he won the game for you. Why is that not something you force feed for four quarters? Frustrates the heck out of me. It's like you didn't you didn't honest emphasize Olave until the fourth quarter in a close game. What are you waiting for? Uh, honest question: Did you see anything from Bryce Young? It's hard to be a starting quarterback as a rookie in the NFL. I know. Did you do anything last too. night where you saw where you're like, ah, he's got a chance? They got to improve that offensive line for him to have a chance. And you know, Thielen's good. Mingo's swimming a little bit. They they don't have great receivers either. Uh, they're that, that's a roster. They, they, yesterday they were saying that what they were twenty eight games away. Isn't that the phrase that they were using? No, I think they're three years yeah. away. 
Yeah. Well, they're a I different agree. draft strategy away also. But maybe now that you get your quarterbacks, like you get that first and then you go get the pieces to go with it. I, I don't know. Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm and supertalk TV. We're back with you after this. Place for crazy people. If it's sports in Mississippi, you'll hear about it here. Sports Talk Mississippi on Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome back, Sports Talk Mississippi, with you streaming at supertalk.fm and supertalk TV. Ceasefire text line is open at 601 879 4395. So 20 to 17 is the final. Saints got the win. They are 2 0, and you can't take that away from them. Hey, Dad, you can't birdie them all if you don't birdie the first two. Or something, right. or something like that. Whatever it is you want to do, you can't do them all if you don't do the first two. That is correct. Um, make it, make I it am very wide-ranging. Curious to see what things look like when Kamara comes back. I mean, they are so limited in the backfield right now. I mean, even if, yeah. if uh, Williams is healthy still, it's just not the same. And Penning was better, so that's good. Better. He wasn't adopted last night. That's improvement. There was uh, last night was a doubleheader, and and sometimes when they do a Monday night football doubleheader, it's kind of it's kind of neat, right? You got an East Coast game that's played in New York with either the Jets or the Giants or the Commanders or somebody like that, and it kicks at five thirty ish, and then you got a West Coast game that doesn't kick off until like eight o'clock. Then you get this like magical seven hours of Monday night football. It's really cool. And sometimes the games are really good. Last night, it was kind of like 0 for 2. You, you had kickoff times that were separated by an hour. So you had an earlier start and then a normal start time. And the uh, the normal start time was in Pittsburgh. It was, um, it was the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Cleveland Browns. And Pittsburgh won the game. To their credit, it was not not a work of art. And Deshaun Watson makes Derek Carr look like the greatest quarterback in the history of the National Football League. And he's getting what hundred and sixty million dollars uh, no, more. No, I think you're about seventy million or fifty million short. It's like two two twenty six. But but Carr's got a big contract. Oh oh yeah yeah. Yeah. yeah, I meant more than Carr. Yeah, yeah, and his right. is fully, every dollar in the contract is guaranteed to him. Every dollar. The highest paid quarterback ever in terms of guaranteed money in the history of the sport. Ever. Is that guy. Hey, good for him. Maybe it was like, it was the equivalent of the Cleveland Browns doing some pro bono work. Like they knew that there were law fee legal bills that had to be paid or something. And so. I oh, remember they manipulated bono. the contract to where uh, his suspension didn't cost him financially. Remember that? His first year in Cleveland, it was like 
It only cost yeah. him a few. I say only. I mean, you know. Oh yeah, they uh, paid him like two million bucks for the something first year. like so, that because they knew he was going to get suspended and it didn't penalize him. And yeah. so he gets all of his his money after the suspension gets served. Yeah. Yeah. What's wrong with him? He was really good in the league a couple of years ago. He's had a lot happen in the last two years. You think it's that simple? You think mentally he's such a shell of what he was that it has affected his ability to play that position at a high level? That make that does make sense, right? right. Very possible. Very possible. I, I saw somebody tweet last night, and I think they were kind of being tongue-in-cheek when they did it. I, I Forgive me for not remembering who it was. It said, you know, the Cleveland Browns played $200-plus million for Deshaun Watson to lose a game that Maker Mayfield actually would have won. Baker would have played better. No, Ari Wasserman, who said that. I was. It was. You're exactly right. It's exactly who it was. Yeah. And, and, and I think there's something to what he was saying in that, as uh, as well. And they're really good. Otherwise, like really good, like shockingly defensively, good. especially. Yeah. They're they're Miles Garrett is starting to come into his own as a a top player. They've got some some pieces there. Yeah, the the loss of Nick Chubb now is is really big for them. But yeah, if they had a little bit better quarterback play, they would be two and zero for sure. Yeah, probably right. Hey, Dad, I'm curious if you are ready to admit that you were wrong. I have never. Are you ready? In the time I've been on this show, admit, I had a problem admitting that when I was wrong. So you go right ahead with whatever you think I'm wrong about. When when you and I were. Most recently at the um, the sports book at the Golden Moon Casino, we had a um, so, some would say it was a heated conversation. I think you and I thought it was a fairly fun conversation, but you were adamant. I mean, mm-hmm. dead set adamant. Dig your heels in, like mm-hmm. you wanted to fight over this. That Lane Kiffin did not. I, I'm sorry, I said that wrong. That Taylor Swift is not actually Lane Kiffin's favorite artist. Yes. And yet here we are, a few weeks later, and Lane Kiffin digs so deep into a Taylor Swift song, I'm sorry, into Taylor Swift's library, to post a song that most people have never even heard of. There's more evidence than the fact that he's a Swifty. He is a full-on Swifty, hey, Dad. And nah. now you are just being a contrarian. You're just arguing and I mean, disagreeing for the sake of doing it. I mean, it's Twitter. I can retweet Taylor Swift if I want to. You don't have to. You don't have to be a fan to, to retweet. I can retweet anybody I want. I can retweet literally anything. Well, I'm just saying. Retweeting, the man went and found a specific song deep in a library. You don't do that if you don't have knowledge of the song. Borky could do that for Led Zeppelin, right? Like it could be a non-mainstream Led Zeppelin song, and he could be sitting out going, "You know what? This song really applies to this situation." I'm going to send a subtle tweet. Link, boom, go. And I'd be like, "Hey, where'd you get the Pat Green song?" Yeah. But, I mean, it would be like a Led Zeppelin deep cut. Lane Kiffin went Taylor Swift deep cut. Mm. And 
And was was he trolling? Yes. And he found a way to do it through Taylor Swift. Congratulations. I still don't believe it. And won't be doing it anytime soon. Mm. Um, If you haven't heard this story, let's dive into it. We'll we'll start. My guess is that we're going to carry this conversation through the break. Well, Uh, well, we got Luke coming up. Oh, oh, here we go. I I think we should just tease the heck out of it. Six. 601 on Reb Talk last week. Kiffin didn't know what the Eras Tour was. So, huge fan, though. Yes, he did. What's the. Is that the tour that she's been going on? That's, that's the point right there, Borky, is you didn't know what it was. You want to know why? Because it's not your favorite band. If there was a Led Zeppelin tour, you'd tell me all about it. Well, I don't know the names of the tours of my favorite bands, though. Like, OAR did a summer tour. I have no idea what it's called. Like, yeah. Right, it's called the OAR Summer Tour. Probably. They're not into but, naming stuff. but The only reason that I know any of the names of Buffett tours is because they were always named after songs. This guy said, Borky thinks Black Dog is a deep cut. You don't know me at all. And I'm disappointed that after how listening to this show for however long you have, you think that that is the case. What's wrong with you? Hey, hey, Mama said the way you move, going to make you... <laughs> Well, nailed it, but I, I, I guess I, I need to do some the more. The first educating. song on their most popular album of all time, but sure, a little good, good solid headbanger as well. Um, you guys willing to pay a modest amount to stay on Twitter slash X? Nope, nope, probably not one cent. I will probably. not. Is that what's coming? The day, the day they say that, on if they say that's what's coming, then. My last, tw- I'll fire off one last banger of a tweet, and I'll call it a career on there. And and then do what? Just migrate to whatever's next. Is this going to be the resurgence if of threads? If threads ever gets it, its act together and makes it the way it should be, I would be on there. But I would already be on there. But alas, it might be um, might be a good way to get rid of a lot of the riffraff on on Twitter. Plus what. That's what Elon thinks, but the, the the riffraff is what's paying for Twitter now. Is it? Yes. Just tuned in to hear Cross sound like Bobby Boucher. <laughs> it was. I don't know if it was Bobby Boucher intentional, but it was. It was intentional. Um, Sports Talk Mississippi with you, streaming at supertalk.fm, Supertalk TV. Why on earth did I bring up Taylor Swift and Lane Kiffin again? Well, we'll, we'll get to that eventually. But coming up next, we're going to talk with, uh, with Luke Johnson, co-host of the Eagle Hour, Supertalk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV. We're back right after this. It's time for more Sports Talk Mississippi. Finally. Finally. On Super Talk Mississippi, the Super Talk app, and at supertalk.fm. Rolling 
Sports Talk Mississippi. Time to go to the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team, Mississippi Farm Bureau. Luke Johnson joins us, co-host of the Eagle Hour. Southern Miss hits the road this week. They're going to Jonesboro to take on Arkansas State this past weekend. It was Tulane at home. And, well, Luke, that sucked. It was tough. Um, you look at the, the really the first couple drives, Tulane drove down and kind of pushed uh, Southern Miss defense around, and Eagles came right back. And, and uh, one of the biggest p- turning points of the game was on the first offensive drive. Southern Miss goes for it. They put uh, Frank Gore in the super back. He fakes a run and pulls up and misses a wide open Justin Reed who would have – he could have moonwalked into the end zone. I mean, and uh, they, uh, they they should have tied the game there, um, had an opportunity on the uh, second drive uh, and missed a field goal. And so, you know, Eagles probably should have been up either 14-7 to or 10-7 to at the half and couldn't really do anything in the second half, had an opportunity inside the 10-yard line and had to settle for a field goal. And it's just a lot of frustration. Um, just nothing was finished. Uh, they – they would occasionally get something started and and uh, couldn't finish. Defense overall, you know, they played probably good enough to win. Um, but just kind of the message was, it stinks, as you said, simply because uh, you can't finish. And uh, Will Hall yesterday on the Eagle Hour just understands the, criti- the, the frustration and the criticism and, and gets it and uh, says that, you know, people are certainly entitled to feel that way. I said yesterday, when you kind of look at the score and you look at the numbers and kind of the way that it unfolded, it feels like there's a line of scrimmage problem for for Southern Miss. And I, I heard what you said about the defense. Jay Stanley's been incredible through through three games. But I don't think you have the issues running the ball and being productive offensively if you're good up front. Is that a fair assessment that, there is an issue up front, maybe on both sides of the line of scrimmage? I mean, I would definitely say there's a whole lot uh, bigger concern on the offensive side. Will, Will made a statement yesterday that, you know, the backs may have missed some holes. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm not going to critique him or, or argue with him on that. He's watched the tape a thousand more times than I have. I, it, they just – there was no push, um, you know, several times – on the offensive side, backs were hit in the backfield. Billy Wiles was throwing off his back foot several times. They, they got a grounding call that was pretty tic-tacky, but Wiles just kind of launched it uh, off his back foot um, and, and kind of found himself, you know, being you know, uh, on the run a lot. And I think it, it speaks to that. Um, yeah, I mean, on the defensive side – I feel like that that can get a whole where, where there has been some, you know, some questions or whatever. I just feel like they're too good up front defensively that I'm not so much concerned about that that side. And you know, I mentioned this last week. Florida State's Florida State. They got four big plays and it cuts their rushings in half. Tulane, you know, ran the ball decently, but but you know, the Eagles is still 314 yards. Looking at uh, a Tulane offense, even without. Michael Pratt. Uh, so for me, the concern is is the offensive line, which, if you look at transfer portal wise, it's really the only place that they that they didn't really 
get much or get, you know, uh, a big transfer. Um, and, and it may have been because they felt, you know, that this group had, had depth and experience. But, th- but that's the biggest concern for me. When we talked last week, I think you and I both kind of talked about the fact that it felt like that game against Tulane was a bit of uh, a barometer, right, for, okay, the, the season can go this way or it can go this way based on the outcome of this one game. I wonder if we overstated that at all um, because it is one game and it was the third game of the year or if that was pretty accurate and while, yes, there are some opportunities in the short term, you're going to face some teams down the stretch that are either as good as or maybe even better than Tulane. What I, what I think, you know, what I hope, and I think Southern Miss fans hope, that they hope that you look up in three weeks and you say, you know, Florida State and Tulane were two of the top three or four teams that you play all season long. And so possibly later in the season, 21 to three to Tulane is not, not a good loss, but it, it's, you feel better about yourself losing that game where you did not capitalize on opportunities. I mean, where you missed wide open throws where they had a couple of returns that they were just literally like half a block away from, from busting one. So yeah, I mean, of course, what South, Al- South Alabama did in Stillwater. You know, that pops at you, but James Madison beat, beat Troy on the road. Yep. Um, and so, you know, you, you look at that and, um, Texas A, of course, you know, they played a FCS opponent, but they put 77 up and you're looking at them in, in a week, you know, in, in a couple weeks. So I, I feel like if, if, if Tulane is what they were last year, you will feel better about the 21 to three loss than you do right now. Yeah. That's fair. That's fair. What I'm trying to decide to be careful how I ask this and, and try to tiptoe around it, or if I'm just going to be blunt. I think I'm just going to be direct. Be blunt. Why do Southern Miss fans not care? Like, like I don't, I don't get it anymore. We've we've talked about crowds and fans and needing stadiums, and somebody gave me a hard time because we were talking last week about. You know, if you had multiple screens up, which game would you watch? And and I didn't say Southern Miss. I also forgot that Ole Miss was playing that night during the conversation. Point being, I was sitting in Rice Stadium, and I had the Southern Miss-Tulane game on my computer and watched as much of it as I could, and I kept going, why is there nobody there? This is a big game. So, why? I think um, for... For the Dowards, they're there no matter what. Obviously, you're dealing with a smaller fan base than other schools in this state, in this region. Um, the Dowards will be there no matter what. Then you have people that overreact, and they they don't realize that you you got blown out by um, a, a playoff team. Um, and then there's some people that didn't want to bake at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Um I don't think that's the excuse. I do think that that was a factor. I think there would have been a bigger crowd. But the fact of the matter is, like, like to, just to be blunt back, like, they haven't beaten anybody. They beat Tulane last year, but Will was talking about it yesterday. I mean, when's the last time that Southern Miss actually beat someone of significance? Yeah. Um, because every time other, you know, every time a, a team, you know, will, will come, um, you, you don't beat them. Um, 
I know you beat this team last year, but and, and I do feel like too that uh, Southern Miss suffers more than than some programs now because of a, you have a smaller circle of the fan base with other things going on, the general business of the culture and the ability to watch in every way. I think it's just more obvious at Southern Miss when you're missing, you know, 10 to 20% of people um, that you would normally have had those not other other things going on. So attendance as a problem across the country is going to show up a lot more obvious at Southern Miss than anywhere else. Let's end this on a positive note. Headed to Jonesboro on Saturday this weekend, to me, feels like an opportunity for a win. And, and yeah, need to play well. It also feels like an opportunity to go in and not just win, but really leave Jonesboro feeling good about yourself. Am I crazy there? No, I think you're exactly right. Um, Will, Will also said there's been some player meetings um, the last you know day or two. And to me, that speaks that guys are realizing that this team's more capable of what they're what they've done and or what they've shown not just in wins and losses but like actually you know finishing plays and games and such so when you when i hear that I, I i see accountability and so i think guys in some ways are looking forward to this week for an opportunity to show on the road more of what they're capable of and so yeah. that really did me good to hear that because i know as a former player when guys start stepping up in the locker room and saying, hey, we're going to get this right, and then it's coming from the bottom up, which a lot of times has more lasting effect than just if, if coaches get after your tail. Yeah. Certainly hope that, that uh, that's the case. It's team that uh, has worked as hard as anybody to get to this spot, and uh, it's hard. It's hard when you uh, when you drop a couple early in the season. So Southern Miss is going to try and get it moving in the right direction on Saturday in Jonesboro. Luke, always good to catch up with you. I'm sure we'll talk later in the week. Thanks, Richard. Thank you. Luke Johnson, co-host of the Eagle Hour, joining us on the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team, Mississippi Farm Bureau. we got more coming up. We will talk about lines. That's in the 5 o'clock hour today, for like betting lines, uh, for the college football fix. What? Okay, what Miami lines Vice. What are we talk about? <laughs> Scarface over here. I guess I'm Tubbs. Uh, so yeah, we will uh, we will get to that coming up later in the uh, the <laughs> afternoon. We'll talk about some of the other games from uh, a really good college football weekend. And how about the slate of games that we've got coming up this weekend? Sports Talk Mississippi. More with you, well, my little friend. After this. Sports Talk Mississippi. Hey, it's go time. Sports Talk Mississippi. Well, say something. Super Talk Mississippi. Oh, you gonna take me home tonight? Oh, down beside that red firelight. Oh, you gonna let it all hang out? Fat bottom girls, you make the rockin' world go round. Back with you, Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm, Supertalk TV. You are welcome to join us on the Ceasefire text line, 601 879 4395. Dave says, 
Thank you for that interview. I felt it was fair and balanced. David Southern Miss guy. Um, this person disagreed. I, actually, let's read this one first. Coming from an alum of Southern Miss and a Pine Belt resident, attendance has struggled because, one, we haven't won a whole lot in the last 12 years. I couldn't tell you the last time we had a significant home win. Also, our stadium is too big. Need to tarp off the away side upper deck. Okay. Um, that makes sense. It, it, it does. It does. And we're talking about, in terms of stadium size, look, there there are stadiums in the Sun Belt that are a little bit bigger than Southern Misses. There's some stadiums in the Sun Belt that are a little smaller than Southern Misses. I mean, I did a game Saturday at Rice. It's a 55,000-seat stadium that once held a Super Bowl. There were like 4,000 people there. Like, I get it. I get it. Um, but it's 36,000 seats. It's maybe so. Maybe that, maybe that does help. And then we get this, um, this message real classy. Why don't MSU fan or USM fans care? Real classy. Hey, 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 you watch it. I corrected it. Real classy. Why don't USM fans care? Real classy, dude. Yeah. All right. So when we don't talk about Southern Miss or we don't talk about Southern Miss enough, Here we go. people get really frustrated. When we do talk about Southern Miss, people get frustrated about the time slot, or it's just a token interview, or why didn't you do it this way? And then we, when we treat Southern Miss the exact same way that we treated Mississippi State yesterday when we talked about whether or not Zach Arnett was in over his head as a head coach in the SEC, so, so, so when we're, we're honest... No, no, it's just, you're real classy, dude. Real classy. You know why I asked the question? Because I watched the freaking game on Saturday. And there were about three times as many empty seats as there were seats with people in them. That's why. That's why I asked the question. If you cared, you would go to the game. And, and that's like a big collective you. I don't know, sir, who texted me this a second ago, if you went to the game or you didn't go to the game. I, I don't know. doesn't matter. We talked about it with Mississippi State last week. The crowds for the first two home games were embarrassing. State fans showed up on Saturday. Ole Miss's crowd was really good Saturday night. And their season opener crowd was pretty good. If Ole Miss has a game where the stadium's half full, we're going to be honest about it. I just, I don't know. Like, it's just like there's no winning. So, okay. I just lie to you from now on. How about that? We'll just talk about how great and grand and wonderful everything is. I'll be an apologist. The fact of the matter is, I really, really like and respect the people at Southern Miss. 
I think the job that Jeremy McLean does leading that department, given some of the limitations of which he has no control, is phenomenal. I count Scott Barry as a friend. I look forward to us spending time with Oz in baseball season coming up this year. Jack Duggan is one of the best people I know, period. Not even related to Southern Miss, just people. I think the world of John Cox. All the people that, like, I would like to see Southern Miss do well. I even like Luke. I don't just pretend like I like him on the radio. I actually like Luke. But man, this whole, oh, they're out to get us, you're a jerk, that's real class. Just stop. Like, it, it sounds so whiny. So small time. It just does. And if that hurts your feelings, if that makes me a bad guy, well, you know what, I'll just have to live with it. So be it. You can be part of the conversation on the ceasefire text line, 601-879-4395. Give your business the edge with gigabit fiber internet from ceasefire business. That's 601-879-4395. We'll take a timeout. More coming up with you after this at Sports Talk Mississippi in the Pearl River Resort Studio. Mississippi. Here we, here we go, go. Super Talk, Mississippi. Talk Mississippi with you. Thanks for being with us on this Tuesday afternoon. Sports Talk Mississippi streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV. Coming to you from the Pearl River Resort Studio. What, Porky? I'm just smiling thinking about something from earlier. You go ahead. I was not planning on interrupting, I promise. Okay. The, the Taylor Swift thing. Remember. I might as well interrupt now since you since you went to me. Um, and I think we should talk about actually the the... Taylor Swift and the trolling and whether or not Lane Kiffin should do it and stuff like that. But uh, Travis Kelsey is rumored to be dating Taylor Swift now. Yeah. He is yeah. He's next in line of, of her many boyfriends. When he breaks up with her, that album is going to be nuts. She's got a blank space, so she'll write his name for now. Ian Eagle, right, is the, the play-by-play guy that was calling the uh, – Chiefs Jags game, and when Kelsey caught a touchdown, he said, and Kelsey found a blank space for that touchdown. It was perfect. He's so good. Oh, he just slipped it right in there. It was awesome. So good. Um, join us on the ceasefire text line if you'd like 601 879 4395. So, Dan Wetzel at Yahoo writes a, uh, a column. I, I, I don't know what to think about Dan Wetzel. He's an interesting guy. I, I listen to the occasionally. So when I'm on the lawnmower, it takes about like 
if I'm going to completely cut the grass, like where I'm really proud of it, I need about two, two and a half hours. And that's to mow, edge, weedy, blow everything off, like get it exactly how I want it. And so that usually gives me time for one edition of Thunder and Lightning and a little bit of Andy Staples, but I kind of, I don't like Andy Staples as much as when he was, when he had a partner. Um, I'm in the fight of my life here with Andy Staples, and you're giving him clicks. Come on, man. I, I like Andy Staples. I don't like him as much as a solo podcaster. He's better with a partner. Um, and I do the, the college football inquirer, which is Dan Wetzel, Pat Forty, and uh, Ross Dellinger. And I can't decide what to think of Wetzel. Like, there's sometimes I'm like, you're one of these, like, fly over the heartland. You forget that a whole bunch of people live down there. You're like a flyover state guy. And then there are times where I'm like, he's just like pro student athlete, period. He's like, why are we complaining about NIL? So what? What's it hurting? They get paid money. It's fine. You know, it's kind of his take on it. He loves the bush light, too. Bush light? Very common man. But he is a bush light drinker. By the way, the only reason that I don't all the time in that same cycle listen to the Rebel Report, it has nothing to do with Michael Borky's talents. I think it's great information. Here we go. It's just usually information that... I know, right? I mean, I'm a little more locked into what's going on with all this. I'm trying to kind of learn some stuff about Mississippi State sometimes. When you get on the lawnmower, uh. hey, Dad, wait, never mind. Uh, perhaps when you, person listening, gets on the lawnmower, uh, you should be sure to include the Rebel Report in your rotation of podcasts. Absolutely, you should. I do listen to it sometimes also. So Wetzel writes, College football's troll king has been busy this week. Uh, first, Ole Miss coach Lane Kiffin suggested that Nick Saban had secretly changed defensive coordinators. Then, upon Saban's annoyed denial of such a move, he claimed that someone within the Crimson Tide football office confirmed it to their friends on the Ole Miss staff, regardless of what Saban said publicly. After upsetting the apple cart and perhaps sending Saban on a mission to smoke out the leaker within the program, Kiffin decided to take to Twitter and just randomly, for no reason at all, offer up his followers a Taylor Swift concert video. The song, Castles Crumbling. Uh, you can read the lyrics. I, I shouldn't read the lyrics, should I? Read the lyrics. Absolutely, you should. Once I had an empire in a golden age. I was held up so high, I used to be great. They used to cheer when they saw my face. Now... I fear I have fallen from grace, and I feel like my castle's crumbling down. And I watch all my bridges burn to the ground, and you don't want to know me. And then Wetzel enters, oh, there's more. (laughs) Once I was the great hope for a dynasty, crowds would hang on my words, and they trusted me. Their faith was strong, but I pushed it too far. I held that grudge till it tore me apart. Power went to my head, and I couldn't stop. Ones I love tried to help, so I ran them off, and here I sit alone behind walls of regret, falling down like promises that I never kept. 
I wonder if that's written about John Mayer. Uh, but, <laughs> no, I mean, it's intentional. The, the press conference deal with Kevin Steele's not the defensive coordinator anymore. And, oh, by the way, Nick, uh, you've got guys on your staff talking to guys on my staff. Of course, that's completely intentional. So is this. Why? So, the, to me, there, there are two very opposite answers. One, there is a complete lack of self-awareness and borderline recklessness of poking the bear, the elephant in this case. I, that, that's one explanation. The other explanation is Lane realizes that he has been too uptight in this game. And so he's decided to take a little bit different approach. This isn't a get your popcorn ready. There's like this yin of y- and yang of subtly poking while over-the-top praising why getting a kick out of it's like did you have the teacher in high school that was super serious and everybody was kind of scared of but you could kind of get her going a little bit sometimes and she would occasionally kind of like break that rough exterior and give you a smile or, or laugh and you're like wait what was that it's almost like there's that and let me be really honest about what he's learned from Nick Saban. There's a lot going on. But to me, the method behind the madness to all of that is people are talking about Lane Kiffin. They are not talking about his football team. And he's a guy that just thrives in chaos. Like all this stuff going on around him. I think I've said this on the air. I know someone that was very close to him at one point in his life, maybe still is, who described Lane as someone who wakes up in the morning and decides to create chaos just to see if he can navigate his way through it during the day because that's how he entertains himself. Is that 100% accurate? I don't know. But it's like he thrives in the middle of all this other stuff is going on. And nobody's talking about his football team. And it's like they can quietly get ready. Jackson Dart can prepare for what Alabama's going to do defensively. And Charlie Weiss can go work on game plan. And Pete Golding can figure out. Now, maybe that's wishful thinking. Maybe you guys will tell me why I am completely off base on that. What do you think? Is there another I think it's option? for Kiffin's brand. I think this is just his brand. So you Going think it's self Swift? Yeah. I don't think it's genuine. I think he's just, as always, trying to be the cool guy. And I think that people who talk a lot are usually scared. And people who don't say much, those are the ones you got to worry about. Scared in what way? Scared of losing? 
I think he's scared he, he that Alabama's going to show him in a way that shows that he's scared. Well, I mean that that may be the case, and that's just the kind of play caller that he is. But I mean, his record against the top twenty-five is not good, and he has not beaten Nick Saban yet. That's correct. In three, he, talked, he talked a lot of noise before the game two years ago, and then went over there and got smacked around for for four quarters. So, yeah, this is just Kiffin being Kiffin, in my opinion. We got a message here, Borky. It says, as an Alabama fan, it's hilarious. It's just Lane being Lane. But it's not every week. This one's different. And then A&M's different. And and that's coming from a different source of Because those are the games that have national attention around them. Nobody's paying attention when Ole Miss plays Kentucky or Vanderbilt. I, I do think... And Do fans you think playful with Alabama, and it's just downright mean and mad when it's A and M. Oh, I, I, yeah, the tone's totally. Different. There's something to that. Yeah, huh. yeah, I agree with that. I mean, he took a shot at A and M yesterday. <laughs> he yeah. did. He sure did, and it really wasn't even subtle. We're back, Sports Talk Mississippi. You're number one for sports talk. Anyone? 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 Come on, don't be shy. Sports talk, Mississippi. Bingo, man, bingo. Super talk, Mississippi. Thanks for being with us on Sports Talk Mississippi. The show is brought to you in part by Visit Oxford. You can find them online at visitoxfordms.com. Be sure to check out the events page for all the activities that are coming up. It's going to be a little quieter in Oxford this weekend than it was last weekend and certainly quieter than it will be next weekend. Maybe it's, uh, maybe it's time to slip out and grab dinner on Friday night or Saturday night, don't have quite as big of crowds to uh, deal with. You can see everything that's happening at visitoxfordms.com and be sure to follow along on their social media channels, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, and uh, Twitter. Oh, yeah, Twitter, X, at visitoxfordms. For however long it lasts. Um, I don't think it's going yeah. to Look, th- this, this stuff from, from Lane, though, I mean, it, it makes me laugh. I, I find it funny. I think it's hilarious that Nick Saban had to address that his defensive coordinator is actually his defensive coordinator at a press conference yesterday. That cracks me up. I think it's funny. I think it's funny that he's like, hey, Nick, your guys are talking to my guys, brother. You better you better straighten your house out. That that That's funny to me. That cracks me up. This Taylor Swift thing is, is funny. The shot at A&M is the funniest, though. Calling Haynes King a completely different player after he transferred out of Texas A&M is hilarious. It's also true, but it's hilarious. I mean, just out of nowhere. It's like he's just walking down the street, just bebopping, bebopping, bebopping along, and then boom, just jabs A&M. Just like, the difference just is, pass him on the sidewalk, just haymaker. He beats Texas A&M. That's true. And so... You know, Ole Miss fans like Lane Kiffin, and and they should. They should because he's a funny guy. He brings a lot of press to Ole Miss that it doesn't get organically because he's Lane Kiffin, and that that's good. And and he's winning football games, and it's a fun style of football. 
And it fits, right? It makes sense. And so they like all this stuff. I I like it. It makes me laugh. But do all this and then lose to Alabama again. This Alabama. And I think it, it, it should. I shouldn't tell fans what to think or, or not. That's not my position. But doing all this again and then losing, especially if it's, you know, multi-scored, would grow really thin on me if I were buying tickets, donating to NIL. Because November, Ole Miss was put through the ringer last year. And they gave him a raise up to $9 million. Remember that? People were mad until about about the start of spring ball. Yeah. And, And the flirting with Auburn, how did fans respond to that? Oh, to heck with him. He sucks. No, it was, uh, do you need money? Here's money. Money, money, money. The school gives gives him money, and millions go into the NIL fund. And so, almost is it more invested in football than they ever have been. And never and ever are big words. But I don't think you'll ever have the resources into football that Alabama does. Expecting you to beat Alabama on an annual basis is a stupid expectation. It's not rooted in reality. There's a reason you don't do it very often. But this Alabama is a game that you get paid $9 million to win. This Alabama is a team that you beat with the millions of dollars that your fans raised for you this offseason to assemble a roster via transfer portal. This Alabama, losing to them by multiple scores after a week of trolling, not excusable the way it was in 2021. Because that was a Heisman Trophy winning Bryce Young-led Alabama team. So, I, I agree with, with most of what you say. Um, I do. And, and when you say this Alabama, right, I mean, that, that rings true. But you know what? I have, hey, Dad, you got some scar tissue? Get some scar tissue oh, yeah. from Alabama and from LSU from through the years. Oh, you meant like figurative uh, yeah. scar tissue. Yeah. Yeah, I, I yeah. don't mean literal. I, that, that's none of my business. No, I'm talking about figurative. Yeah. Um, I uh, I sat in Bryant-Denny Stadium in um, October of the year 2000, and Ole Miss rolled in 4-1. and one. And Alabama rolled in two and three, and Ole Miss was favored in the game. Pretty decent Ole Miss team. You had Romero Miller and Joe Gunn and Deuce McAllister and Tremaine Turner and Charles Stackhouse and Chris Collins and Towards Sanford and Grant Hurd. Towards Sanford, wow. Doug Ziegler. It's a pretty good mm-hmm. Ole Miss roster. And Alabama won that game 40 Five to seven, and it wasn't that close. And if you go back and you look at the numbers from that game, you're like, I don't know why they won it 45 to seven. Andrews out was 18 of 22 for 261 yards, which was kind of a lot in the year 2000. He didn't have a single touchdown pass, and he was intercepted. They didn't have a 100-yard rusher in the game. Ahmad Galloway had 14 carries for 69 yards and two His touchdowns. Names. Brandon Myrie had 12 carries for 91 yards and a touchdown. 
and yet somehow Alabama won forty-five to seven. I think that Alabama team finished three and eight. Is that right, Hey Dad? Two thousand. Yep. They went three and eight. Alabama did not win a game the rest of the season. All right. Uh, there, there. My uh, trump card. There may be no, no, one player on Ole Miss's roster that was alive when that game was played. Doesn't matter. We still have the scar. My turn. Yeah, yeah, my turn yeah, to yeah. trump. No, I agree. 1998. Mississippi State five and one. LSU three and three. State heads down to Tiger Stadium. Big favorites. State loses 41 to six. State in a few weeks would win the SEC West and go to Atlanta. <laughs> LSU didn't win another game that year. They went four and seven. Yeah. Yeah. There's some scar tissue with LSU and Alabama through the years. And so, Borky, that's the only reason that I have, because I agree with you. There are a lot of years when you go into an, a game against an Alabama, against an LSU, against a Georgia recently, and you're like, I mean, the fan in me is like, yeah, I think we got a shot. But if I'm being honest with myself, I don't believe we got a shot. And then there's some years where you're like, I mean, th- this is a year where you can take advantage. And I've just I've seen that scenario play out before and be like, how did that happen? What happened? Yeah. yeah. And uh, but this is one eight of those years, years ago today, right? This is one of those eight, years. Eight years ago today, Ole Miss beat Alabama in Tuscaloosa. Yeah. This on is that one crazy of the, uh, pass. This is one of those years. And I mean, if they go there and, and they play well, and Milrow goes off, and and they just get beat, they just they just lose a really close game. Okay. I'm not going to come back here on Monday and, oh, Kiffin's a bum. Shouldn't have paid him what they paid him. Going to Tuscaloosa and playing well and losing in a very close game, even this Alabama is not something to turn your nose up at. But if it goes down like it did in 2021, and there are reckless decisions early in the game on fourth down where you're going for it from your own 19 or whatever it was in the first half of a game where your defense is actually getting some stops, if it goes down like that and they get their faces beaten in, that, that's where you've got a reason to, to be frustrated if it doesn't work out. Did you give yourself the best chance to win? If you gave yourself the best chance to win and played well and you lost, okay, then you just lost. You lost to a team that, as Lane Kiffin pointed out, has 18 five-stars on it, and we have one. His words. He said, Sontarian Perkins is the only player on our roster that Alabama wanted. It's kind of sobering. And he's probably not wrong. Now, probably. In, in hindsight, they would take three of Ole Miss's quarterbacks right now, but it, not well, at the sure. time. Sure. But, I mean, we talked about this in July. Ole Miss should like where they get Alabama on the schedule. I mean, you don't necessarily love opening conference play on the road in Tuscaloosa, but there was a chance. We, we talked about it this year. There's a chance that Alabama's still trying to kind of figure things out. New quarterback, new offensive coordinator, new defensive coordinator. Maybe they're still trying to kind of figure things out early on in the year. I, I would push back on this. Ben says, Kiffin gave Saban unneeded ammunition and will wake up Alabama. Could be rough if Ole Miss is not ready. Come on, man. You don't believe that. You, you, you don't believe that. If you think Lane Kiffin making a comment, 
in the media, kind of poking fun a little bit at Nick Saban, was the wake-up call that Alabama needed. You didn't watch him play last Saturday. If Alabama has a wake-up call, it's because of what happened in Tampa last week. And then the other possibility is maybe they're not that good this year. That's the other possibility. Sports Talk Mississippi, more coming up with you after this. It's time to get real. Real Sports Talk for Mississippi. It's time for you to get real with it. Sports Talk Mississippi continues on Super Talk Mississippi. Yeah! the South Carolina-Georgia game on Saturday, you heard a coach that is unlike most others. Shane Beamer, during his mid-game interview with CBS, said this about Juice Wells. Juice Wells, receiver for uh, for South Carolina. This was during the game, Borky. He's done right now. think he may have a little bit of a broken bone in the foot. The good news is it's the foot we just did surgery on, so he's got a screw in there that stabilizes it, so there's hope. I doubt he comes back today, but we'll see what happens going forward. What coach does that? Bizarre. After the game, he addressed it again. Yeah, he wasn't able to finish. We're going to let him see a specialist on Tuesday this week and should have a better idea then. I don't think. What it is is necessarily season-ending. We feel like it's something that he'll be able to play with and we'll know a lot more here on Tuesday. Well, today is Tuesday, and Shane Beamer said in his weekly press conference, Juice Wells is out this weekend. He saw a specialist this morning, and it's not season-ending. They'll continue to monitor it and do what's best for him. Juice Wells has not put up very big numbers this year. He was hurt in the season opener against North Carolina that limited his playing time for the season. He's got three catches for 37 yards and a touchdown. Now, that touchdown did come against Georgia on Saturday. But dismiss Juice Wells at your own, I guess at your own risk, because last year in 13 games he had 68 catches for 928 yards with six touchdowns, averaging 71 yards a game. And almost 1,300 yards the year before. Yeah. So he, really, he's a really good player. He's a player. And that one touchdown against Georgia, I mean, he split their defense and ran right past a bunch of people. Uh, I mean, electric athlete. During the break, I'd compared him to you, uh, kind of like Judkins, right? Where if you look at his numbers, you're like, eh, he's not really producing. But you know what he is and what he can do and probably will do at some point. And, and you hate to put it like this, but it's just reality. It's a fortunate situation for Mississippi State that he won't be doing it against them. Yes. It's it was interesting. I started doing my, you know, my real look into South Carolina, did some interviews today. And uh, what a what an odd team in terms of production. Basically, their whole team is Spencer Rattler throwing to Xavier Leggett. That's it. They can't really run the football. They're they're not good at running the football. 
They don't have a whole lot of, of weapons receiving. You mentioned Juice Wells being hurt. They they just don't have a lot of weapons. And if Mississippi State can, can shut down Xavier Leggett, it feels like that's half the battle sol- solved right there. I think it's Leggett. Conzo, Quanzo, whatever. Well, I'll be honest. I did an interview with a South Carolina beat writer, and she didn't correct me. So I'm gonna I'm gonna <laughs> assume. Yeah, I'm. That I could be chart. right. That's true. It's a true story. Yeah. Um, I need to go find that guy from the stadium the other day and change my answer. All right. So hey, Dad, that you just went exactly where I wanted to go. Yeah. So, Leggett Leggett um, is a really his numbers this year. I mean. 22 catches, 367 yards, averaging 122 a game. And in two of those games against North Carolina and Georgia, basically Juice Wells was a non-factor. First half against Georgia, goes out with the injury, didn't play a lot against North Carolina. So he has produced even without Juice Wells on the field. But... yeah. If you're Mississippi State, well, would you prefer to play South Carolina with Juice Wells and Leggett or with Juice Wells sidelined? What does that do in your mind in terms of how Mississippi State covers and focuses on Leggett? You know, Richard, I would like to tell you I think that they'll focus on Leggett and and shade the coverage over there towards him, but then I watch what they did to Malik Neighbors, and I don't really know if that's going to be the case or not. Um but when you look at these, this South Carolina team, if you go look at their stats, I mean, Leggett has 22 catches. The next closest guy has 10, yep. and he only has them for 65 yards. Leggett has 367 yards receiving on the year. From a running standpoint, their leading rusher on the season has 75 yards. That's what, that's what Jacavius Marks had Saturday for Mississippi State. They have not been able to run the football now, Rattler, despite that, is having a really good year, right? He's having he's completing 71% of his passes. Uh, he's only thrown four touchdowns, but only thrown two picks. And one of but them was like, a, just end of the game, yeah, you're, you're down two yeah. scores, just throw it down the field and just see what Hold happens, up. kind of. This is a really, I mean, I, when you look at their stats, you're like, okay, I get why they're one and two. But I don't know that I've ever seen a team this dependent on, like, two guys. It's almost like the rest, of the, which is the thing that if you're a state fan, scares the hell out of you, because that's where you know the random guy just shows up who hasn't done anything all year, and he finishes with 17 carries for 106 yards, or you know six catches for 85 yards and a couple of touchdowns. Somebody on this on this list here of guys is going to have to make plays for South Carolina to have a chance to win, uh, because if they just rely on on Leggett, they're not going to get there. I don't think. Last week, notwithstanding, we know what State has in the front six and how effective they can be against SEC teams. Like Pretty poor last week. Not pretty poor. They were bad last week. But we've seen those exact guys produce against good teams in the past. They should have a field day with what South Carolina presents up front. They should have a field day on Saturday. Well, it's, it's, it's one of my favorite things. It's the movable object and the resistible force. So we'll see who actually you know can get it done. If the state can't get pressure on the South Carolina offensive line, it's going to be a long, long season. I mean, I understand LSU's got a great offensive line. they got future NFL guys there. This South Carolina offensive line, North Carolina made them look like Swiss cheese. 
No, you got to be able to attack them. I mean, I, yeah, I, again, you got to be able to get pressure. Jokes about Furman aside, I watched Furman control the line of scrimmage against South Carolina for a period of time before eventually they couldn't anymore because of talent and depth and size. But there was a time where freaking Furman was controlling the line of scrimmage against South Carolina. Mm-hmm. So who do you circle in the line for state? It's, it's got to be Jaden Crumity, right? Yeah, Crumity and Pickering. Those are the two the two guys I'm going to have an eye on, and they need to be able to to control that interior. They need to be able to you know state should be able to get pass rush without blitzing on this offensive line. This might be a game where you know uh, Arnett had talked about going to a four man front. This might be a, a chance to do that in, in this game. Put a, put an extra guy down there so you can get a little more pass rush without having to sacrifice a blitzer. Might 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 be something they consider this week. So Dowell Loggins is kind of a new name in the SEC. He's the new offensive coordinator at uh, at South Carolina. He was hired last December. And he came to South Carolina after being the tight ends coach at Arkansas. And this is a real test for him, right? Because so in the way that we've talked about Mississippi State and some of the issues they've had, it is now on Kevin Barbet's shoulders to scheme something that gives Mississippi State's offense a chance to have success. Well, South Carolina's got to do the same thing, right? Facing a defensive line, it's got a couple of dudes on it, not to mention the fact that the two best tackling linebackers in the SEC are on Mississippi State's roster, and South Carolina is down arguably its best receiver, not in terms of production, this year, but in terms of career production. And so how is Dow Loggins going to scheme things up for South Carolina to, one, protect Spencer Rattler and give him a chance to make plays because he's the most gifted player on that offensive side of the ball, and then, two, knowing that Xavier Leggett is at the top of Mississippi State's scouting report, like he is the focus, in the same way that last week Malik Neighbors should have been the guy that was like, this is the guy that can't beat us, Xavier Leggett has to be that this week. Right? Yeah. I mean, Mississippi State defensively has to focus and go, this is the guy that and can't beat us. Isn't, is that, isn't that a huge indictment if two weeks in a row the guy who can't beat you beats you? That's, that's just not getting it done from a game planning standpoint at all. Well, you're either dealing with somebody who is a different level of elite. Which I'll grant you with neighbors. I might give you that. He's great. Or Not with Leggett, though. You're dealing with a coaching staff, an opposing coaching staff, that does a better job of game planning. I mean, it's. I think it's one of those two things, isn't it? Because don't you, don't you believe that that's what South Carolina is doing this week? They are trying to figure out how do we exploit Mississippi State defensively. Who is our best player? It's Xavier Leggett. How do we scheme the ball into his hands in a way that he has a chance to make plays, even though we know the focus that Mississippi State has defensively is on him? And Mississippi State, in terms of building a defensive game plan, how do we keep this guy from beating us? Is Xavier Leggett going to end up with a bunch of one-on-ones like Malik Neighbors did last year? 
Because Mississippi State's defensive philosophy includes a lot of blitzing and some man coverage. We'll be back. Sports Talk Mississippi. More Sports Talk Mississippi. Now. Now. We did this a couple of weeks ago. This is fascinating to me. Uh, let's play the uh, ticket price game for this weekend. What do you think the cheapest ticket in the SEC is this weekend? These are the games. Auburn at A&M, Kentucky at Vanderbilt, Ole Miss at Bama, UTSA at Tennessee, Arkansas at LSU, Charlotte at Florida, UAB at Georgia, Memphis, Missouri in St. Louis, and Mississippi State at South Carolina. Least expensive ticket in the SEC this week. What do you think? Well, yeah, the first guess is going to be Vanderbilt, Kentucky, but I'm going to say UTSA, Tennessee. That's my guess, too. Uh, the cheapest ticket available that I see for UTSA, Tennessee, is $41. That is not the least expensive this oh. week in the SEC. The least expensive is in the Swamp. Uh, Charlotte at Florida, 6 o'clock Saturday night. Tickets available for as low as $18. Ah. See, you know who Charlotte's coach is? is? The, uh, and his name Biff Poggy. Biff Poggy. Biff Poggy. Yeah. Wears those Tank big tops t-shirts and, and he cuts the yeah. sleeves off. Yeah. yeah. He's a billionaire. Yeah. Sun's former, out, guns out. For, former hedge fund guy. Wildly yeah. successful. Decided to go back to his roots coaching football. Why not? He is, he is an uh, interesting interview. What? Uh, yeah. Well, how much? Go ahead. What do you think the most expensive ticket is this weekend in the SEC? Well, it's probably going to be what my question was, which is, what's the get-in price for Ole Miss, Alabama? Uh, Sixty-six dollars. So that's probably not it then. What is that it? That is not the most expensive ticket in the SEC this week. Bold take, and it's not really that bold. If you pay really close attention to the over-stadium shots, you're going to see some small amount of empty seats in Bryant-Denny on Saturday. Yeah. Oh, there were some empty seats in the corners of the upper deck against Texas. Yeah. Yeah. There's going to be a few thousand empty seats on Saturday. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. Which but is there, crazy. There are going to be 93,000 people there. Right. 94,000. But, but Yes. All right, mo- most expensive ticket this week in the SEC. Memphis, Missouri. Curveball. $65 in St. Louis. They are playing it at the Dome at America's Center. The most expensive ticket this week Auburn. in the Southeastern Conference is Williams-Brice Stadium in Columbia, South Carolina, Mississippi uh. State at South Carolina, Get in the door price one hundred twelve dollars. Wow! None of these are outrageous, though. These no, are really no, 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 not at all, not at all. I, I mean, I did not see yeah. that coming when I started looking looking through these. Uh, yeah, I thought for sure it'd be Alabama, Ole Miss. Get get in the door price forty eight bucks for Auburn at A and M, eleven a m kickoff. Uh, Thirty five for Kentucky at Vanderbilt, also an eleven a m kickoff. 
66 for Ole Miss and Bama, 41 for UTSA in Knoxville, Arkansas LSU, 43, Charlotte and Florida, 18, UAB and Georgia, 55, Memphis, Missouri, 65, Mississippi State, South Carolina, 112. And that's using vivid seats. That's who ESPN uses. Okay. I mean, you might find one a few dollars cheaper on StubHub or SeatGeek or one of the other secondary sites, but using vivid seats as the uh, as the reference, that's interesting to me. I mean, that says to me yeah. that there's limited availability for Mississippi State, South Carolina, and it's probably going to be a really good crowd. Yeah, and that's that's interesting, right? How much do you think an environment like that actually impacts the game? Because and the simple answer is, well, you got a veteran quarterback, so it should be okay, but it's still a new system as well. It may be lacking familiarity. And, and again, I, I said it a couple weeks ago, there are professional teams where the quarterbacks have microphones in their helmet to hear their coaches that still struggle on the road. That's a real thing, but how how real is it? How If these two games, let's loop Ole Miss into this as well, if Mississippi State, South Carolina was in Starkville and Ole Miss, Alabama were in Oxford, how much would it change your thought on the outcome of the game? Say that one more time. If the games were at home instead of on the road, would it change the way you think the game is going to play out? Would it affect the outcome of the game in your opinion. Maybe. It's just close between these teams, so I don't know. I mean, yeah, I guess it's probably better to have a home crowd on your side than being on the road. I mean, Alabama doesn't really lose at Bryant-Denny. Not often. I mean, I I know, two weeks ago notwithstanding. Like, I, I get it. But... If you want to look at like a 15-year sample size, they don't really lose at home. Um, so, yeah, I mean, would you rather have it at home? Sure. Almost has two wins in Tuscaloosa ever. 1988 and 2015. That's it. So, yeah, you'd rather play that one at home. Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm and supertalk TV. 5 o'clock hour, coming up next. Exciting news. Brace yourself. More Sports Talk Mississippi. Now. Now. hour with you on this Tuesday on Sports Talk Mississippi. Thank you for being with us. Tomorrow, the entire Super Talk Mississippi gang will be live in New Albany to kick off the 2023 Tallahatchie River Festival. The Tallahatchie River Festival is presented by BNA Bank, Fabus Memorial Hospital, and Renaissance Bank. For more info, visit NewAlbanyMainStreet.com. Project is partially funded by a grant through Visit Mississippi. So we are looking forward to being there tomorrow. Um, little, little, hey, Dad, you should come early. 
New Albany's a Tomorrow? great place. You should come early. I will be there for lunch with my good friend Ben Garrett. What if what if you came earlier than that? How early are we talking about? I don't know. Like you, you think you could be there by about six oh six? You wanna you wanna <laughs> join me? You wanna join me for the Paul Gallo show? Let me tell you something. We would never get more content on the text line than if I was on the Paul Gallo show. You, you would not be able to keep up with the text coming in. The, the truth of the matter is, um, there are a lot of guests. I don't know that there would be that much um, that much yeah. uh, opportunity for hot takes. Not enough controversy. I got you. I got but you. Probably not. Um, I will tell you this: we are going to have a World Series champion on the show tomorrow. Really? Yes, Eli Whiteside. Former World Series okay. champion with the San Francisco Giants. If you want an autograph, hey, Dad, bring some of your Giants. Gary, I'd sign it for you. I might do that. So uh, that's uh, it's coming up tomorrow. I need to get a silver uh, Sharpie because, you know, black Sharpie won't show up on a black hat, I don't think. That's exactly right. I mean, unless you do it like on the underside. So, but yeah. Uh, underside, yeah. Yeah, it's not nearly as good. So, uh, no. Not not nearly as good. We, uh, we had a winner. We had a winner as we do every week, in the Polk's Pick 6. Oh, yeah. And the winner this week is not a Mississippian. Amy huh? Cronin lives in Denham Springs, Louisiana. I guess a listener to the show. She went 5-1. and one. We, had, we did not get to 700 entries last week, but it, did, it was still on the up. It was like 667. So another great week. Polk's pick six. A real problem week. there. My leak. Yeah, I know. I know. I would lie to you if it had been six sixty six. I wouldn't have said that. I just would have lied. <laughs> there were six hundred sixty four this week. Uh, nobody went undefeated. What um, was the game that got everybody? Uh, there were some that missed on. It, it was, was, it was kind of all jump? over the place. Um. Must be t- was Tennessee, Florida on there? Tennessee, Florida was on there. That's nah, probably the one. Yeah, you had um, you had a bunch of people that picked Southern Miss to beat Tulane. Had a bunch of people yeah. that picked Mississippi State to beat LSU. So, and in fact, Oops. the only game that Amy missed was the uh, the Southern Miss Tulane game. Uh, okay. So she went five and one, and was uh, closer. But there were only three people that went five and one. Wow! I had two, okay. at least wow. two losses. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, so Amy has a uh, prize package from Polk's coming her way. Your chance to win will start tomorrow once again when Week Four's games go up. And yes, hey Dad, I have already sent Will the games. He has them. It is not on me. Good man. Uh, no, well, those Good will man. be posted tomorrow, and uh, we will begin Week Four of the Polk's Pick Six. Your chance to win a six-pack of sausage. From Polk's Meat Products, no doubt about it, folks. Picky people, pick Polk's. Let's jump into a little college football fix. College football fix is driven by Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealers. Time is running out for you to save with the summer sales event. Local Mississippi Ford dealer, great savings on the F-150 and a whole lot more. Only by visiting your local 
Mississippi Ford dealer or buy FordNow.com. What do the odds makers think about the games this weekend involving SEC teams that plus some top 25 matchups? It's our first real look. Auburn at Texas A&M. Auburn at Texas A&M. Jimbo's got to win it. A&M has to win. This Absolute game. muscle. That's a miss, some must-win week four games. Can't wait. I think they're going That's to one also, them. by the way. I think they you think will. A&M is? I do. They're seven and a half. Yeah, I just, probably okay. Probably okay to give the points there because I just don't know that Auburn's going to be able to score. Yeah, I mean, scored Auburn had what, one in the win 14, over Sanford. Is that right? Yeah, they had fourteen on Cal. If 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 A and M gives up twenty eight thirty one points in this game, that's a bad sign. Even in victory, that's a bad sign. Kentucky is a 14-point favorite at Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt got off to a 2-0 start with wins over Hawaii and Alabama A&M. They lost last week at Wake Forest. And then this past Saturday, they went to Las Vegas and uh, lost a heartbreaker to UNLV. So Vandy coming into this game at 2-2. Two and two, And uh, Kentucky undefeated. They're 3-0 on the year so far. Two-touchdown favorite. They allow TVs in prisons on good behavior, right? I think they just allow TV in prison, personally. I don't think you have to even be good. Just let you have it I now. Mean, prison, like... yes. Jail, I don't think so. Yeah. Jail and prison are different. Yeah. Correct. So, on bad behavior, like if it's an individual cell that has a television, the guy's been acting up this week, pop this game I, on. I, I think I know where you're going with this. Yeah. Make him watch that game. Don't even throw him in the hole. This game will be worse than 24 hours in the hole, I promise. Like If you don't get in line, you're going to have to watch the entire Kentucky-Vanderbilt game start to finish and yes, do a report on it. They'll straighten up. You'll, you'll have the best inmates you've ever had. Yeah. Ole Miss and Tell Alabama. Tell your kids that, too. Crimson Tide, a seven-point favorite against Ole Miss. So Alabama, a touchdown favorite at right. home against the Rebels. Well, I need to pay and get, get that down to six and a half. Buy the hook. I might buy it, yeah. I that, feel like the game's going to be really close, like painfully close, going deep, deep into the game, game-winning field goal kind of thing, or Alabama's just going to run all over Ole Miss. I don't feel like Ole Miss is going to blow out Alabama. So It's interesting. You know, Last year just doesn't matter. It just doesn't. Right. They did line up and play with him for four quarters with Bryce Young, though. Who started last night? They did. They did. So, but it's all about health. I mean, I know people are excited at the prospect of Trey Harris practicing this week. That that feels more like wishful thinking than Caden Prescorn playing. Like that's going to happen. He's going to play. And how much, how ready is he? Is a question. Because you know, you, you hurt your leg or your foot, I should say. I can't imagine you can keep yourself in great football shape in that rehab process. You know that pre-score? Yeah, pre-score. So how, how effective can you be? But, man, he is the exact tight end, the, the exact kind of tight end that makes that offense really, really go. So if he's capable of helping you, then you've got something that Alabama hadn't seen on film yet. I'm sure they're preparing for him. But yeah. – 
a tight end like him is is really in all the years of Lane Kiffin coaching offense, a guy like him is what makes it go. How effective can he be? I mean, he's the X factor in the game. You said you think less likely on Trey Harris if he then practices all yes. week. Uh, yeah, if, if he practices all week, he's going to play. Don't you think? Yeah. But in terms of... I mean, if you leave Louisiana Tech for an SEC school, this is why you do it. It is. But when you... Uh, even though nobody's ever confirmed this, if if you have some kind of sprained MCL, you know, there's only so much you can do with that. I mean, maybe yeah. he does play. I'm just, what I'm saying is, expect Priestcorn to play. Be pleasantly surprised if Harris plays. I think Jenkins is fine. Yeah, rib issue. They took the the non-contact jersey off of him this week at practice for whatever that's worth. Well, he didn't have a non-contact jersey when he played on Saturday night. So that is true, but it is an indicator of health. At least you think it is. It, it's time for him, and no bigger stage, right? Tennessee at home is a twenty and a half point favorite against Texas San Antonio. UTSA coming off a home loss to Army, and Frank Harris has got an injury. So they are, I mean, he's like a sixth-year starting quarterback. They are a different team yeah. without him. Uh, and probably going to take, the Vols should be mad too, so take them to cover, I guess. LSU is favored by 17 and a half. Yes, sir. I know what I saw last week, times two. I know what I saw in Starkville. I know what I saw in Fayetteville. Still 17 and a half. We'll look at the rest of these when we come back. Sports Talk Mississippi in the Pearl River Resort Studio. Here comes more Sports Talk Mississippi. You ready, guys? On Super Talk Mississippi. So we've been telling you about Genteel for well over a year now, and excited that that relationship is uh, is going to continue for a long time. Bottom line is, their stuff is just fantastic. You can find Genteel at men's clothing stores all over the state of Mississippi, at places like um, Kincaid's, Kincaid's Fine Clothing in Ridgeland. Reed's in Starkville, Randy Price and Company in Hattiesburg, Abraham's in Indianola, uh, the Will Ander in Brandon, Mile 363 in Natchez, and many, many others. Uh, golf shirts that feel great and look great. New designs for the uh, fall, some, some new color patterns, some stripes. They, uh, they've also, they've got some pullovers. Now, they've got the, you know, the quarter zip pullover that kind of everybody has that, that is like a, a lightweight kind of a, a, a performance-type material. They've got those in a bunch of different colors and stripes, and they're fantastic. They've got some pullovers that are a little bit heavier weight, and they've added some new colors this year. And they have got some hoodies that are part of the fall collection this year. 
and it's just a lot of really, really good stuff. You can find it all online at genteelapparel.com, and um, they have added more and more teams to their collegiate collection. Just go to the collegiate tab. You'll see that Southern Miss is on there now. Um, I've had that license for a while, but they've got them there. Uh, We've been talking about the uh, MSU interlocking logo. You may not see that online yet, but they do have access to that. So if you're looking for that, you can get it. And, of course, tons of Ole Miss stuff as well with uh, the Block UM, with the script Ole Miss, football helmet logos, a lot of options for you there as well. GenteelApparel.com. Genteel is the official apparel provider of Sports Talk Mississippi. You guys got a lean on that LSU-Arkansas game? 17 and a half? The, Ar- the LSU suit team I saw Saturday, if they play like that at that level and they get the same kind of Arkansas defense that we saw against BYU, I mean, they didn't give up a lot of yards, but they couldn't get stops when they needed them. Yeah, they could cover that. But at the same time, Arkansas has played LSU pretty close over the past decade, basically. They have. I mean, that's kind of a rivalry game. Big old heavy trophy for that one. A dangerous one. That's that's a dangerous weapon. Especially if it falls on your head. That hurts. Yeah. Uh, it might cut you wide open. Florida favored by 28 against Charlotte. Georgia favored by 42 against UAB. Georgia continues their path on the easiest schedule in the history of Southeastern Conference football. But they were supposed to play is, Oklahoma it, this year. Yes, they were. Keep, Good for them. They need an asterisk on there. Yeah. Uh, Missouri is a six-point favorite against Memphis and might be without their quarterback Brady Cook, who is not practicing. Yeah, this that week. makes it interesting. That makes it interesting. Right when things start going Mizzou's way. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody says, "Why is the LSU Arkansas game not only Friday after Thanksgiving?" Uh, because Arkansas now plays Missouri on the Friday after Thanksgiving, and LSU, I don't know who LSU is going to get at the end now. They have A&M this year, but right, next right, right. year. Yeah, I mean going forward, because A&M uh, and Texas are going to play at the end, aren't they? I wonder who it will be next year. That's a good question. A&M and Texas. That's a good question. Pos- I mean, it's probably not true. Let's I did see, see somebody that covers Texas bring up the concept of that game returning to Thanksgiving. I think that will probably be the case, to be honest with you. I think you'll yeah. see State Ole Miss go back Borky to Saturday. would rejoice. I would. I, re- yeah. I really would. But, uh, no, I, I so find that it's, interesting, it's, though. It's TBA on, obviously, all the SEC dates. Th- those dates, by the way, the SEC schedule for 2024 should be coming out soon. It came out a, a year ago on this week, the 2023 Ooh. schedule did. So something to keep an eye on. So let's 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 look at it here. Here are the uh, the home games for LSU in conference play next year: Alabama, Oklahoma, Vanderbilt, Ole Miss. It's not going to be Alabama. It's going to be Oklahoma. It won't be Ole Miss. They'll keep that around Halloween, I would think. And obviously, Ole Miss played State the last weekend. Mm-hmm. Vanderbilt, blah. They played Tennessee. It's going to be Oklahoma, unless they're on the road. In which case, their road games is is. Is A&M this year for LSU at home or on the road? It should be. It, it's on the road. So they should be at home for the end of the season next year. But if it's not, they have South Carolina, 
A&M, Florida, and Arkansas. Could be Arkansas again next year then. Well, but... Because Florida will play Florida State, Texas A&M will play Texas, South Carolina will play Clemson. So it's either Oklahoma or Arkansas. That's our official prediction. Okay. What about Arkansas and Missouri? Well, does Arkansas play Missouri next year? I don't know if they do. Is that not one of the permanents that Arkansas kept? Or does that one fall off? I I don't. Well, nobody kept a permanent. Everybody kept one permanent, right? That's old. It's state Ole Miss. Let's let's see what Arkansas is. Arkansas does have Missouri. They are at Missouri next year, so maybe. So then Oklahoma. It's it's got to be Oklahoma. Okay. Oklahoma needs a new season-ending game. They're they're not, they're not playing Bedlam anymore. Borky Haydad just did some like some impressive sleuthing on the air. Yeah, the regular Frank and Joe Hardy over there. Sorry, we've... this is why I need to be an officer of the Oxford Police Department. I have detective skills. Investigative. Um, Investigative. South Carolina favored by six. Against Mississippi State. That's jumped up. It was four and a half on Sunday afternoon. So the the money's coming in on South Carolina. Yeah. Money's coming in on South Carolina there. I'm sorry, on Mississippi State there, right? If it's. No. I can never keep up with this. Okay, it's coming on South Carolina. Uh, Right now, I would pick South Carolina to cover that. Might change my mind by by Friday. I mean, it's interesting, right? how similar are these rosters? There was a guy that, that texted us yesterday when I was talking about uh, State struggled at the most important position on the field, and the guy said there is no important position on the field. They're all equally important. That's garbage. Uh, how much of an advantage does Rattler over Rogers impact the game, do you think? Because, frankly, I... You know, there are some state fans that may disagree. Spencer Rattler, I think, is a demonstratively better quarterback than Will Rogers. Right now, he is for sure. So I wouldn't have said that prior to the season, but but I will say it now. Frankly, I don't think South Carolina is going to be able to protect him well. But they couldn't against Georgia, and he still was good, and North Carolina still was good. But anyway, point is, there is a discrepancy. How much does that factor into the way you think about this game, though? Rattler greater than Rodgers means what to you? Is that the difference in the game? You think everything else is equal? Or is it more nuanced than that? Ooh. I mean, when you go... If you believe significantly better quarterback, so you say significantly better quarterback and home field... That's a tough recipe to overcome. Not impossible. Can we all agree that we have not seen Mississippi State play its best football this year? But oh, like, 100%. At, at, at no point have we seen disagree. Mississippi State play to the level that we believe they are capable of playing. Yeah, and they I believe could, that I they're capable. say otherwise? Yeah. Uh, so are they going to put it together? I mean, we, we, we talked about coaching and, you know, Zach Arnett and Kevin Barbet and Matt Brock and the responsibilities they've got for building play, uh, building, um, plans for the game. Game plans. That's what I was trying to say. Yeah, I don't know. Same why thing. I yeah, yeah, yeah. Plans for the game, game plans. Same thing. But there is another 
part of coaching that is important, and that's getting the best out of your players. How do you get your guys to play the best that they can play in a road environment? If Mississippi State plays the best that it can play and South Carolina plays the best that it can play, I think Mississippi State's better. I I would agree with that. But I don't think we've seen Mississippi State come anywhere close to playing the best that it is capable of playing, and I don't know what's going to bring that out of them. Yeah, neither. That may be the biggest job of this coaching staff right now. You've gotten the best out of Jet Johnson. You've gotten the best out of Bookie Watson. I think Woody Mark's given you his best. Tulu Griffin has kind of given you his best in the return game. Aside from that, I got nothing. Yeah, you're spot on though. At this state roster should be anyway at its best, better than what South Carolina currently is capable of doing. Man, the national slate of games this week is fantastic. You get some good stuff in the SEC, and then when you step outside the SEC, outside the footprint, as they say on the SEC network, um, there are some games worth watching. We will discuss those next in the Pearl River Resort Studio. Sports Talk Mississippi. Here's more Super Talk Mississippi. Top 25 matchups this week. We've got some conference rivalry games. We've got some big attractions. We've got some who's a pretender and who's for real games. All of that is coming up this weekend. If you're in the market for a new truck, I would like to direct you to Belk Ford on Highway 6 West in Oxford. It could be a new Ford F-150. It could be a new Toyota Tundra. They've got those at Oxford Toyota. BelkFord.net, OxfordToyota.com, both located on Highway 6 West in Oxford, just west of the Jackson Avenue Interchange family company. They've been, uh, it's been in the Belk family for over a hundred years, a Ford dealership, uh, since 1961. They're going to treat you like family. They will take care of you. They will walk you through the sales process, no pushy sales tactics, not trying to get you to get something that you don't want, you don't need, or you can't afford. Uh, they're going to listen to you, and then they're going to try and put you in the uh, the vehicle that uh, works for you with the best financing options available. On uh, F-150, you can save up to $9,000 with approved credit on a Ford F-150 XLT. Tell them that Sports Talk Mississippi sent you. That's Belk Ford at Oxford Toyota Highway 6 West, in Oxford. 11 a.m. Number four, Florida State at Clemson. Ooh. Florida State is only a two-and-a-half-point favorite. The line feels weird. <laughs> Smell that? Oh, no. That smells a little fishy to me. 
What was last week's fishy line? Did it end up being fishy? It did. Mm. Was it BYU Arkansas? Kansas State Missouri. That's what it was. It was fishy. So we're, we're declaring this is our fishy line of the week. We could get we could we need to get the Bass Pro Shops to sponsor. No, 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 this, no, no. no. We we are we are not declaring anything yet. That is our first. Doesn't smell right. There may be more. Okay. Oklahoma at Cincinnati. Yeah. First uh, home Big Twelve game for Cincinnati at Nippert Stadium. Kind of something. To, yeah. Oklahoma hadn't been tested yet. I mean, a yeah, lot of people are. They've looked good. But Cincinnati has not looked good. They lost to Miami of Ohio. Yeah, Bruce was off on that one. Yeah. Bruce was off on that one. Um, did you see the number for the Colorado-Colorado State game? 9.3 million people watched that game. It peaked at 11.1 million. That game finished at 2.15 a.m. on the East Coast. Unbelievable. Yep. Highest rated late primetime game in ESPN's history. 9.3 million. Borky, I can't remember. Is that more than watched Alabama, Texas? I don't think so. Is it more than watched LSU, Florida State? I do know that all three of Colorado's games are in the top five this season, and those are the other two. And the other two are those games you just mentioned, yeah. Well, guess what? You're going to be able to add another one to it as Colorado, number 19 in the country, off to a 3-0 and start, goes to Oregon to take on Bo Nix. Bo Dacious. I am ready. No Travis Hunter. No Travis Hunter. And Dion actually gave a, a great answer today about that. He was asked about whether or not the hit was dirty, and the, the player that delivered the hit. You know, there are people that say they're getting death threats, and then there are actual death threats. His are serious enough to where law enforcement is heavily involved in them. They are very specific and serious, and so they're it's different. Um, Dion gave a really eloquent answer today. Just, you know, you can call it dirty, you can call it whatever. It's a young man playing football. I hope he's working towards his degree and playing in the NFL. We all forgive him here. He was playing football. Hopefully an emotional that, game. Yeah, hopefully that calms some of that down. Hope so. It's an emotional game that sometimes causes people to make bad decisions. You ready for this number, by the way? Only 14% of that almost 10 million were on the West Coast. You want to know why the Pac-12 is dead? That's why. Have you talked to anybody that lives where we live that didn't watch part of that game? Every, everybody I know. Every single person I know. I watched, yeah. And, you know, I, I'm I'm one of those people, I'm ready for this discourse to calm down a little bit. The media is probably just trying to capitalize on the sensation because Dion and Colorado have kind of captured the minds of sports fans around the country, clearly, based on the numbers. Again, only 14% of the West Coast watched a game played on the West Coast. You said it ended at 2.30 in the morning on the East Coast. And 84% of the audience was east of the Pacific time zone. It's unbelievable. But the hyperbole, the... National championship caliber team, that kind of stuff. All of this, and then the bizarre nature of the, the social movement that Mark Jones talked about. I'm ready for all of that to get knocked down a peg. And it's not Dion's fault. He's just doing his thing. 
But the way the media is treating this Colorado deal, I want Oregon to beat them by six touchdowns, not because of Dion, but because of the way that they're being covered right now. Oregon's a 21-point favorite at Alston Stadium, 2.30 Central time, so that's, what, 12.30 on the West Coast in in the afternoon. I don't know why I felt the need to remind you that was in the afternoon, but I did. Just didn't want you to think it was kicking off at 1230 local time because that would be a really late start. Uh, <laughs> you, uh, that is you a, top... a weird phenomenon, by the way. So, so 230 has Colorado, Oregon, Ole Miss, Alabama, and UCLA, Utah on, on the networks as well. No cable on the networks. Yeah, let's go. That that is a fight. Better be for hand, audience. better be handy with the clicker. Better have that extra TV up and running. Better have that multi view going. In, in terms of audience, they will finish Colorado, Oregon one, Ole Miss, Alabama two, UCLA, Utah a distant third. True. Yeah, and then um, the the. De- I, this kind of, I nerd out on this kind of stuff. I am very curious to see like the audience retention. More people, a lot more people, are going to start with Colorado, Oregon than Ole Miss, Alabama. Yeah, but if that game gets lopsided and a different switching right close, over to Ole Miss, Alabama, yeah. it'll, it'll change. Uh, let's see here. So Oregon favored by twenty-one over Colorado. Utah is a four and a half point home favorite against UCLA. UCLA is playing their true freshman quarterback Dante Moore, and he's been pretty darn good. Seven touchdowns and uh, just one interception so far. Battle of unbeaten's. In that game, you have Oregon State at Washington State. That's at 6 o'clock on Fox. Oregon State's a three-point road favorite. So uh, the Beavers favored over the Cougs. Could be a fun one to put on TV, too. I I know that the headliner and state fans are going to watch your team, obviously. Um, Hopefully for the entire game and not for a couple quarters like last week. But the headliner is Ohio State-Notre Dame. That's the headliner of, of Saturday night. But yep. Oregon State, Washington State, if you're a football sicko, that could end up being a really fun game. It's really good. Really good. I have one complaint about YouTube TV. You know how they do the uh, the, the quad box that you can do on your television? Is if you're watching. You pick your games? Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, I'd like to be able to pick my games. But they generally do a pretty good job on that. Mm-hmm. You can't do that on your computer. If you got it pulled it up on your uh, computer, you, you can't go quad box. I, I don't understand why. Ohio State at Notre Dame, six thirty on NBC. This is a prove it weekend. There it is. That that's Ohio State road team favored by three. That I, I'm a big fan of labels. I don't know why I haven't done this yet. This is prove it Saturday in college football. It's prove it for Mississippi State, specifically Zach Arnett. Prove it. If if you are meant for this job, show us. This is prove it for Lane Kiffin. Alabama's as down as you'll get them under Nick Saban. It's prove kind it. of also prove it for Alabama. It's prove it for Alabama. Prove it that you're not bad and you can find a quarterback that's functional. Frankly, it's prove it for Colorado. Is the media right? Are you championship contenders? Prove it. I don't think you will. But neither here nor there. Ohio State and Notre Dame. What are Bodacious, they? Bodacious, Oregon. Bodacious. We don't you, know what they are it, yet. Right? Prove it. They've had billboards and digital signs in Times Square for months now. Yeah. Every time I go to ESPN.com, there's a green and yellow. They're pushing that hard. They are. And as they should. 
Credit to them. But there, there is a lot of, of proof that, that uh, is going to go on on Saturday, one way or the other. Iowa-Penn State also at 6.30. That one's on CBS. Yep. There's a hilarious deep fake going around of Brian Ferentz. It's, it's incredible. It's incredible. Where that's, so, a, use, that's one of my favorite things to say, too. What, about the step ladder? I, I love, love saying that. No, the step, I love the step ladder. So if you guys don't know what deep fakes are, it's where somebody can take a video of somebody talking and AI can generate words, whatever they want, in that person's voice. It's kind of scary, honestly. But Brian Ferentz, yeah. the offensive coordinator at Iowa, who has to average more than 25 points per game this year to keep his job, uh, told every all the reporters to get a stepladder and get out of his rear end, but in different words. And it looks very real. And it went viral, and people believed it. Clay Travis bought it. Hey, Deb, there's a uh, text you need to check out. We'll be right back. Let the broadcasting of the disturbed continue. Sports Talk Mississippi. Super Talk Mississippi. Penn State fall into your prison sentence category? Uh, Penn State is good enough. They, they can carry that game. It could be a nice environment, too. Yeah. Oh, I don't think there's any could be to it. Happy yeah, because that's the other thing. Vanderbilt. Rocking. Kentucky at Vanderbilt, it's tough to watch football games where there's nobody in the stands. Like, that's just not any fun to watch, you know? Like, if there's nobody at the game, why am I watching it? So, um, Jim Harbaugh's back this week. Suspension over. Hey, oh, good. Oh, the tributes. Uh, hey, so moving. Hey, Rest in peace. So, so what you just said about fans in the stands, think about what it's going to yeah. look like this weekend. Michigan at 11 a.m., they'll have 100-whatever thousand. Yeah. Florida State-Clemson. That'll be a scene. Packed. That will be yeah. a scene in Clemson, South Carolina. Mm-hmm. Oklahoma, Cincinnati will be nuts. It will. Nippert Stadium. Yeah. No, no big stadium, about 39,000. It will be absolutely overflowing. Colorado, Oregon, 138 bucks to get in the door for that one. Uh, Rice Eccles Stadium, packed. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tuscaloosa, it'll be packed. I mean, I know Borky's point earlier about if you take an aerial shot, there'll be some pocket. Yes, there will be some pockets of empty seats in the upper corners of the upper deck. There's still going to be close to 100,000 people there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Baton Rouge will be packed for their game against LSU or Arkansas at night. Not like spilling out of the stadium full, but it'll be a big crowd. Yeah. Alton will be absolutely nuts. Yeah, it will. And so all of that going on. Washington State? I mean, they're they're going to fill it up for that, aren't they? Absolutely, they will. Um, You're saying this on the same day that a bunch of ADs went to Congress and said college football is ruined, by the way. We've got record television ratings, and we've got environments coming up this weekend that are unbelievable and will be unbelievable. And leaders argued that it's destroyed. Interesting. Just kind of weary of that. 
It's like you guys are printing money right now. You are printing money right now. Baylor Just now will be we're packed here, with Texas coming to town. Notre Dame Stadium will be special on Saturday night. Happy Valley will be packed. I'm talking about packed for that game against Iowa. Is this whiteout? It's basically they, they they do it often now. They do a really cool thing. God, it's so cool. So you know how their helmet is just white with one blue stripe? They do that yeah. in the stadium where everybody's got white on except for a, a, a section down the middle of one side and a section down the middle of the other side to directly mimic their helmet. It is really cool. That is cool. That is cool. It's amazing what happens when fans participate. Atmospheres get better, all yeah. that. It you know just it's, it's good. Get get off your hands and, and impact the game a little bit. When you say ads are going to Congress and arguing that it's broken, are they talking about football or are they talking about college athletics? Because I'm not sure that's the same thing. Well, when they complain about nil, there's only two sports where that really matters. Yeah. I mean, Libby Dunn's not getting NIL money from an LSU collective. She's getting it because she's very good-looking and gets real advertisements. Quinshawn Judkins is getting money from a collective because he's a good football player. He also yeah. has endorsement, real endorsements, too, but point being. Hmm. Nobody's complaining about Libby Dunn's NIL deals because hers are what it's supposed to be. I think the question is whether we not whether or not we get to this revenue-sharing thing. Yeah. If it gets to that point, something's changing in college athletics, whether we want to or not. Uh, so I read some of the uh, the opinions, because they were petitioning to Congress today. That doesn't seem like a very popular opinion there. It also doesn't seem like something that they're going to address because they've got more important stuff to not deal with up there. But it, it does... It is possible that the whole... Congress ballot. No, just fix it yourself. That's on you, not on us. That that, that possibility does exist. Because we're going on four years? This is year three of it, yeah. Three, three years of NCAA people saying we need a national solution. And it's anecdotal. Correlation does not equal causation. But after a quarter of the college football season... Fans feel like there is more parity in the sport right now than there's been since the playoff was implemented. They could be wrong. It could end up being Ohio State, Clemson, Georgia, Alabama again. It, it could end up being that. But that's not how the overwhelming majority of college football fans feel today. And it's going to feel even more different next year when you go to 12. It's going to feel different. Thanks for uh, for being with us on this Tuesday afternoon, Sports Talk Mississippi in the Pearl River Resort Studio. Have a great night. We will talk to you tomorrow.
Running a business is tough. If you're struggling with HR benefits and payroll, you're not alone. Many businesses just don't have the resources to keep up. That's where MWG Employer Services comes in. We provide a full range of employer services with everything from payroll to benefits to HR services and compliance and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. We're a Mississippi-based company that can help you focus on what you do best, growing your business. Call MWG Employer Services today at 601-206-7966 or go to MWG Employer Services A Super Talk Mississippi media production.